I'm Charles van Weyck. Uh, welcome to Salt and Light. Great to have you listening and joining us in the studio. Um, it is a great time today we're going to have discussing the issue of why young people in South Africa are considering leaving the country. And the reason for the topic is that often in Christian circles, uh, on occasion, young people that are leaving are sometimes looked down upon by their peers. And they might argue that uh, because you were born here, that God wants you to be here and that you shouldn't run away from your troubles. You should deal with them or that you're less uh, holy or less sanctified by wanting to leave. But multiple issues abound in this uh, very controversial area, specifically in the Christian community. Strangely enough, in, uh, amongst the secular humanists, they don't mind if their friends leave the country and there doesn't seem to be a stigma attached to them. But uh, we as Christians, we are called to be salt and light. We are, we are commanded by the Lord to expose the wicked and or wickedness. And so we need to um, have an opinion and an informed opinion. And we need to know what the Bible teaches about these issues or how we as Christians can still be salt and light uh, in the challenges and the problems that we have in life. So we have Ashley and Roberta with us in the studio. Ashley, welcome to Salt and Light. Hello, thank you so much. Good to have you with us. And Roberta, welcome to Salt and Light. Good to have you in the studio Good with morning. us. Good morning. Thank you for having me here today. We are on to quite a hectic topic here, Ashley. I need to tell the listeners that you've just come back from England. Yes. How long have you been back in South Africa? I think I've been back for five days now. Fantastic. So are you still struggling with jet lag or was there no jet lag? No, there was no jet lag. No jet lag. Okay, no. well, that's, that's good. Uh, good to have you back in South Africa. Thank you. Uh, how long were you in England for? How long were you away from South Africa? Um, so I left in December 2019 and I've just come back on the 1st of October. So I think it's about 10 months, 11 months. Okay, great. Yeah. And Roberta, you've um, worked overseas as a young lady. How long were you out of South Africa for, for your working time overseas? So I left at the age of 18 and I came back when I was 21. So I was gone for about two and a half years All in right. total. Yeah. So we're talking to two young people. Are you millennials or are you Generation Z? Or don't you know? Ashley, what are you? Um, I, I think I identify more with um, Generation Z. Okay. Um, but I think our year 97 is just on the border of the two. So you can, so you can of, choose what you yeah, want to be. Yeah. Well, that's not fair. It's very debatable. And Do you even... two are the same age. So you're yeah. both yeah. in the same position. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's very difficult because now I don't know what to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's carry on. Both of you have left South Africa for certain periods of time. Both of you are back in South Africa again. Mm. Um, so we're talking, uh, we're talking to young people that have experience. They've been overseas. They've come back again. These are the, uh, the kinds of uh, background. We're talking to people with experience. So let's get started. Ashley, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of crime going on in South Africa. Yes. There's a lot of economic turmoil in our country. Yeah. And lots of people, or especially people with families my age, mm. we won't say what that is, but it's <laughs> around about 50, um, are very concerned about their children and their, their, the circumstances they're being brought up yes. um, in in South Africa. For your age group, you don't have a family, you don't yeah. have children to worry about, you're not married yet, but that might change in a week or two. <laughs> um, what made you um, 
go overseas? Was it family reasons? Was it economic reasons? Why, why did you go overseas in the first place? Um, so I went overseas recently um, just to go visit my parents. So my dad has immigrated to London, to the UK. And um, so I sort of just went for a holiday, but um, and then got stuck there because of COVID and this year and everything. But um, we, um, when, um, when my dad still lived here and um, as a family, we've always wanted to move um, to the UK or London. Um, so it was always going to happen or we've always been planning. Yes, so this isn't something immigrate. new. This wasn't something new to you in your mindset or thinking. No. It's been part of the family uh, discussions and, yes. and what have you. Yeah. Okay. Well, Roberta, your family uh, isn't talking about that. And I know that because I'm your father. Mm. Um, we're not talking about emigrating. Um, and so you come from different circumstances. So why did you go overseas? What was your reason? Was it economic or um, circumstantial? So at the time I was 18 and I had just finished a photography course. And so um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go study or if I wanted to um, go have a gap year and go work. So I decided to work on the yachts and um, I was able to make a great income from doing that. And then I just um, I ended up staying for longer than a gap year and did about two and a half years in the yachting industry. And um, I nearly stayed in the yachting industry until I was told to come back and study and get a degree behind my name by my father. <laughs> Your father's got really strange ideas. Why would he put that pressure on you? Um, so then, uh, yeah, I decided to come back and, you know, get a degree behind my name because it's very expensive to go study overseas. Mm. And... Um, yeah, otherwise I probably would have stayed and carried on making the money and traveled around the world. Yes, but, and what, yeah. what are you studying now? So now I'm studying fashion business and I'm in my last month before last I graduate. Last few weeks left. Yeah. There we go. So excited. Um, Ashley, what have you studied? You you finished your degree yes. or your, your studies? Um, so I just finished studying graphic design. Um, so now I'm a qualified graphic designer. Um, but yeah, I did just take a gap year and I was freelancing and everything. Um, so yeah. Okay, fantastic. Now, Roberta, when you were overseas, uh, just give us a bit of a rundown on the kind of circumstances. Are, are South Africans um, considered hard workers? Are there a lot of them in the industry you were in? Aren't there many around? What is it like out there? So I flew to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and the amount of South Africans there was unbelievable. We are honestly a community of South Africans they even have a South African store there you can go buy your Boltong and Budavos if you Goodness want to me. it's an American version but I mean it, it does its job and um, the South Africans once they get there just you know um, start making money and they don't want to leave and I've noticed a lot of um, South Africans who did plan to go and do gap years or went off to college you know just to make some money and then start their life I've actually just stayed in the yachting industry Um your earning earnings is completely, you know, um, I mean, the highest earnings that you get in South Africa is probably what you're earning there at the age of 21, you know, 18, mm. 19. Yes, yeah, you're already at the top yeah, of the scale exactly. of uh, earning in rands. Um, yeah, so even right. sending money home to your family, um, paying off your uh, school debt Student here debt. is just um, unbelievable. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a lot of um, youth are doing that. Do we have any sort of idea and statistics of people leaving the country or families? Do you have any idea of what's going on, you girls? 
Um, so we did look at some, well, I looked at some statistics, but we're not entirely sure if they're 100% accurate mm -hmm. because it feels like there's probably more South Africans that are leaving than we're being told. Um, I would say that um, like to Australia, there's about 12.5% of South Africans going to Australia. Oh, sorry, so of a total of 100,000 yes. South Africans leaving. Um, I would say since 2006 was just statistics right? mm -hmm, sure. um so yeah then the percentage going to australia is about 12.5 percent to the uk 12 percent mm -hmm. to america i think around six percent okay sort of half of the others yes. right um new zealand um as also then 4.6 percent oh. so i think those are the main countries that south africans go yes, to yes um yeah. well it's, it's quite interesting because i've also traveled a lot with ministry and i've come across uh, you know, a nurse um, working in California from South Africa. And you meet a lot of people just uh, arbitrarily as you travel. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of South Africans. Even when I go up into Africa, there are a lot of Afrikaners and um, and South Africans from all cultural groups in Botswana, even in Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. uh, and they, in the Congo too, uh, incredibly in the mining industry. So it's quite phenomenal to see these people. And they've... Um, Friends have talked about about uh, South Africans getting together in Dubai in the desert and having brides there yeah. together and meeting for Christmas. It's just fascinating yeah. to see what's actually going on. Um, I've also heard of um, churches in South Africa, um, in communities in Australia, where they actually fly a South African pastor out <laughs> to come and pastor yeah. them there. Which yeah. is thinking that's pretty uh, quite pretty uh, interesting that mm. these things are happening. But why? Why would a, not that you are parents, but why did your parents uh, want to leave South Africa? Uh, you spoke about it as a family. It was part of yeah. your thinking, part of your, your family culture, mm. that this is one of the goals for the family. Yes. Was it economic? Was it crime? What, what so was I the think, concern? I think for, um, for us, it was definitely economic. Um, and I think the crime is also one of the most... Also played a, a, a large really role, big, yes. a very big role in the decision-making. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so um, my my dad used to speak about a lot his um, with his income and how much tax he paid on the income and everything. It's exactly the same for South Africa and the UK. but So the tax rates are pretty much... Identical, really. Identical, okay. Um, but there's just the world of difference because in the UK you get... A free healthcare system that works. You get free trans. Well, obviously not free transport, but there's yes. transport that works. The transportation systems work perfectly. The trains um, aren't being burnt. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you just have uh, everything in the country just works, and they look after their people, and it's clean, and there's just so much more value in your life um, if you move to a country like that. They actually look after you. They go out of their way to make sure that um, you're right and that um, everything works and you work in the country. Yes, yes, it's fascinating. I, um, unfortunately, I've, I have uh, an extended family member that moved over there and within months of arriving in the UK um, was found to have cancer. Mm. And it's just incredible how well she's been treated and looked after and seen to, you know, and mm. she's only been there a couple of months. Uh, it's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, first yeah. world help yeah. and technology. Exactly. And they really, they want to look after people. Um, they go out of their way to help the people and they make, yeah, it just feels like the, the environment is there. They want to be helpful. Yes. Make sure that people are doing all right. Um, yeah. And I think it's 
uh, also conducive to um, and you know having that kind of system people are probably uh, working harder not trying to evade the taxes and things because they they see something for it too you know which can make a big difference but roberta you were um when you were working uh, in the united states and dealing uh, with people there how did you find the the sort of business culture and the working culture there um, so I found it very interesting here in South Africa. Um, I was brought up in a home where I had a stay-at-home mom. And when I was in America, there's I didn't meet anyone who had a stay-at-home mom. All the women worked. It was very, you know, um, uh, there was just money everywhere. People um, went to work and they... Uh, they were buying, paying off cars, paying off their houses. They were doing waitressing jobs and they were able to have mm-hmm. a normal lifestyle, be able to pay their rent, able to afford, um, you know, their petrol and food. And here in South Africa, as a waitress, unless you're living at home with your family, you can't afford anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I just, you know, got this drive where I want to be a career woman and I want to make money as well, um, which was very inspiring and very awesome to see. And they, it's almost as if they push it. They are telling, you know, they um in the in their schools and stuff. They want their kids to reach um, you know, the American dream and, you know, go over and beyond. Um, which is yeah, it's quite awesome. All right. Um if you have a friend that's wanting to leave the country at your age, is there a kind of a veneer of other people your age and in your group um, not being happy with them leaving or um, ostracizing them in any way or, um, you know, throwing the idea that, you know, you are uh, leaving us all year, you know, solve your problems rather, don't run away from them, that kind of attitude? Or don't you find that in your age group amongst the Generation Z, millennial kind of generation? So I... Um, I haven't experienced anything like that so I've never found or when I speak to people about moving overseas um, they're around my age I've never found anyone that disagrees Um, and they all usually ask like oh why like what are your reasons Um, but no one's ever said like oh stay in South Africa it's you know anything like that yes it's quite interesting too because in my sort of age group and I think statistically people that are our age with children and families and maybe even grandchildren apparently when they do leave the statistics on them ever coming back is almost zero mm-hmm. whereas students your kind of age group um, a very large percentage goes over makes money pays off their student debts you know comes back and they literally we've heard of young people buying flats and houses which they're not living in they're renting out they've come back and they've invested in south africa mm-hmm with the funds they've made somewhere else and they come and they buy a car cash and you know but they, they don't have children and families they quite uh, they move around very easily around yeah. the world you know but uh, from a christian perspective you know we call to be salt and light mm-hmm. um, and when scripture tells us to do that it doesn't mean you must only be salt and light in the country that you were born in no. and uh, so we we need to be able to go out into the world literally and be salt and light wherever we find ourselves. And so um, in our age group, there is this contingent that is actually very concerned and worried about people leaving. And I think part of that is they know they're not going to ever come back again uh, with their families and they're going to be bringing up their children in a different environment. But at my age too, I've had people, friends who've left the country and very concerned about 
the secular humanist societies their children have been growing up in and have to be very aware of teaching scripture and um, that to their children. Whereas our Christian environments in South Africa are quite large. Um, you know, you can work for Christians at work and you'll have them at the sports club, you'll have them at church, you'll have them, you know, in the business world. Yeah. Whereas in some countries, um, Christians are despised quite openly, yes, you know. Yeah. And uh, have you experienced that in any way in your travels? Um, that Christians are looked down upon or that you're in a very um, no, secular kind of environment or are Christians sort of accepted with no with no challenges? Um, so in the UK, um, I think the British people are quite, they're polite. So they're not very friendly, but they're very polite. So they'll never say to your face um, that sort of they disagree with you or you're wrong for your religion. But just as a as a, as a people, they aren't religious adults a very small percentage that are still christians and um yeah they don't they don't understand the the religion at all and i just think it's that not understanding because they don't grow up as we do like we grew up in christian families and with the church and our school was involved mm -hmm. in christianity still so we sort of have an understanding of it where in first world countries it's not in their it's schools. pretty secular yes exactly mm. so they i think they're not understanding and um, they just don't want to. They don't see a point. Their lives yes. work fine. And yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, they don't, they don't They're making a, money. Life's good. Yeah, why would you want... Yeah, they don't need a God and like, you why know... Why would you want religion? Exactly. You know? So if you speak about it, they're not really willing to listen, I would say, especially the younger generation, because um, they just see it as, oh, you have to live by rules or there's things that you have to do and I don't want to do that because I just want to make money and have fun and, mm. you know, live the high life kind of thing. Um, so why, you know, why would I agree or even listen to what your religion is? Or, yes. You know, but the other interesting thing that I find fascinating with your age group is that a lot of you, when you've done your studies, like you and Roberta, mm -hmm. Ashley, um, your, your income generating potential is actually worldwide. Yeah. In other words, you're not held like we were, you know, with no computers and things uh, held back and your all your business and everything under normal circumstances was parked in your suburb. <laughs> you know, it didn't go much further than that. Obviously, there were international companies and that sort of thing. Yeah. But we grew up in an environment where the rest of the world despised us. And literally, most business was done back at home mm. and very little international connection. Um are you young people, Roberta, thinking about that? Is that part of your planning or is that just the way the world's gone? Um, You've, you guys have studied these strange things at college. Yeah. Um, what, what are people saying about that? Are you thinking about when I'm establishing my business that I must mm. be able to grow it worldwide or is that yeah. does that just happen because of the way the world runs at the moment? So the world is definitely changing. So we definitely... Um, I think how businesses work and uh, used to work is going to be completely different. I think especially because of COVID, I think lots of companies That's also brought a whole new have, have realized that um, things are going to change and it's just, it is inevitable. Like it will be more online. Um, and I think if you want to be successful one day, I think for us, you just have to realize that 
um, it is something you have to do or you have to put yourself online more than just working in like your town or in a business you know yes yeah. um, if if you want to be a sort of like truly successful or truly go somewhere and do something it has to you be you've got to be there otherwise you, you don't exist yeah, am I right yeah, exactly you won't you won't so you'll just stay where you are kind of yes, thing yes yes yeah. um, that's so true I believe yeah I don't think we're going to have bosses in our future we are all very entrepreneurial the Gen Z generation um, we are all all making money as you know as mm. doing what we love and we like helping our friends and I've noticed just with my own business um, your friends want to help you and freelance with you because they see it as boosting you know their um, own social media and they get exposure just helping you and mm. um, I've noticed with friends they're willing to work for free because they feel as if we're all doing this together you know we're all um, building each other yes, there's a lot of networking that does go on at your age group and yeah. I, I love to see that even in churches and amongst mm. Christians and amongst missions you know before when I grew up uh, lots of missions just did their own thing and uh, especially from certain western nations they had all the money in the world they didn't need to network with anybody yeah. but um the whole world is now all about networking mm -hmm. you know you got missionaries in different areas and they're forming networks with other missionaries and the great thing about that too is when there are challenges they can you know brainstorm and work things out together then because the world's so connected they're not mm -hmm. just alone so before when I was younger, if a pastor friend of mine was thrown in prison, like uh, one of them was a little while back here in Africa, mm. um, now within, within hours, we can have hundreds of thousands of people praying for him and getting hold of the officials and getting hold of their congressmen and their government officials and threaten the bad guys in mm -hmm. Africa who are locking up pastors for spurious reasons. Yeah. And we make their lives a living nightmare until they do what is right, and that is release the pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of thing would have taken months when I was younger, and now we got it down to you know somebody being released in jail within days or a week, or at the most two weeks. Um, yeah. And let's face it, lots of these reasons are completely, completely spurious. Mm -hmm. No law was broken, um, you know, and uh, somebody got it up his sleeve to give the church or the pastor trouble. Yeah. And uh, so it's a whole new networking world out there. Yeah. Now, Roberta, you started a brand with, with clothing yes. in your, your world of studies. And can that easily be taken to another another nation or another country? So I'm hoping so. Um, I've started my own clothing recycling brand. So we're taking old clothing and instead of letting go, letting it go to the dumps, um, we are recycling it and reselling it. Um, and I am hoping that I'll be able to move overseas and carry on doing what I love. Um, but other countries aren't that open to people just moving over unless you are going to be offering them, you know, a service that they don't have or they don't really want you to take a job that, you know, American could take or, um, mm, sure. you know, a British yeah. person um, could take. Sorry, can I? Yes. Um, so I would also just like to add, um, I think Roberta's business would do so well in a first world country because they're, they're obviously their delivery systems work perfectly. Um, almost everything is online. Um, you can even just grocery shop online. Um, most people are just moving to online shopping for everything. It's so big um, that Roberta's business is an online. She's working yes. through Instagram at the mm. moment, but people... And the same goes for you. Yeah. You can work for anybody anywhere in the world uh, exactly. with your graphic design and, and what have you. Yeah. Um, what 
I like too is that there seems to be in your generation, even amongst non-Christians, talking about being salt and light, mm-hmm. to help other people, um, just as Roberta said a few minutes ago. And, you know, you are out there, um, you are making masks and helping yeah. with clothing for people that can't afford to go buy new clothes mm-hmm. and giving them nice, clean, smart, looked after, used clothing. Um, nobody forced that on you. Nobody told you to do it. It seems to be this new idea in this global village <laughs> yeah. that people enjoy helping each other, which mm-hmm. is really, it's a great Christian ethos and idea that seems to be rubbing off a lot, even amongst people who aren't Christians, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I've seen with the whole um, social media, there's a lot of, you know, movements that have been going on and then people will come up and, you know, um, you know, talk about um, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, the murder of women and children. And um, with these movements happening in social media, a lot of people are standing up and telling their stories and, um, you know, contributing to these movements that no one would have had those voices beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, no one would be able to tell their stories. And we are getting news so quickly and so fast that, um, it feels as if, you know, the world's coming to end with all these big movements happening and all these problems in the world. But um, people are gaining their voices and they are, you know, mm. being able out. to yeah, being able to be online. Just um, you can join so many communities There's um, young people in groups um, and they um, are always connecting. If you have like a, a common opinion about yeah, like self-love or something, a body positivity. And there's so many women or girls that will support you and you don't know them, but it's all online and everyone's just willing to show their love and support you and just, um, you know, boost yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. it's just uh, it's wonderful to see that you know we've been called to to disciple the nations and i think what i what i do love to see is christian young people who are standing up for their faith and mm. and in those circumstances sometimes they get get hammered for it yeah. and and because it seems like everybody is welcome to have an opinion even if it's wrong these days mm. and on social media which is a good thing we have the freedom of speech but um I think it's just exciting to see Christians standing up, they're being salt and light, they're making a difference. And I think it's got such a worldwide impact that even non-Christians are now starting to act in the same way. Um, Things like that don't happen in a bubble of nothing. It comes because of influence. And Mm -hmm. praise God for Christians that are making a difference, being a blessing to others and helping them. Ashley and Roberta, thank you very much for joining us on Salt and Light. It's been wonderful having you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and... Let his face shine upon you for your futures as your endeavor, your future endeavors that you're going to get up to. Awesome. And, uh, Thank God you so much you. for having us. <laughs> I'm Charles van Beek and I'm closing off. <laughs>